0: Today on Locked On Goals, San Diego finally won their first game in almost a month. Can you believe that? We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's technically Locked On Goals under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, and that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade A reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Smoke Signal. I'm kidding about that one. Odyssey Morse Code. Kidding about that one, too. All right. We're we're just going to be loose and have fun and talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about Luca Dostal. The bakery was closed last Friday at Pechanga Arena. We'll talk about the close game. Where the goals were short-handed against the Ontario Reign, and we'll have Sarah Avampado come on later and join us on this very podcast. And then later we're gonna have a discussion about attendance. This is something that has gone around league-wide, so we are gonna have this conversation. We have to at, at this point. So let's begin with talking about the goals' first victory in almost four weeks against the Stockton Heat. Now, this was the first game at Apachanga Arena after a while. This was also the first time where the Gulls played in about three weeks. They had had a plethora of games postponed for various reasons, most of which you, you know why they were postponed. You know why. But hey, good to be back at Pechanga Arena for 2022. Good to see some of the fans back, although a lot of them didn't quite show up. It said the attendance was 6238, but it was closer to about 5,000. Uh, the attendance was low, but that was reasonable. This was a fun game if you're a goals fan. This was a fun game if you love Luca Dostal, because he he was on one. He was on one that Friday night. His first his first two periods, he stopped, get this, 26 shots. Stockton pummeled the goals on shots on goal. It was 10-7 in the first, 17-9 in the second period, 11-9 in the third. So how in the bleep did they win that game on Friday night? Seriously. Stockton is the best team in the Pacific Division. They have the best record, or rather, had. Ha 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 We'll get to that later. They had the best record in the West. Sarah will attest to that. She's pretty happy about this one. Stockton came into this game looking like they were on severe firepower. But Hunter Drew, oh, we love Hunter Drew around here, by the way. He scored his fourth of the season finally, but then it was the Braden Tracy show after that, and John Broadbent and I had a discussion about this earlier in the week, and also talked about this on our own Twitters, how we thought that Brayden Tracy, on the merits of this game and his previous 10 games, that he was the one that should have been called up first. Tracy scored his eighth of the season and really his 8th in the previous 15 or 16 games. Because recently he had been looking more to shoot. He had been looking to get more in the dirty areas. He was looking to play the puck in the crease a lot more and be more aggressive. That's something that he needed to do and he did that in spades. So he scored making it 2-0. Then Tuola scored on the power play for the Stockton Heat. I'm not saying that name again. Making it 2-1. And then guess who returned to San Diego? Guess who, re- guess who came back? Number 50. I mean, Bo grew. Bo knows goals. And if you know that reference, then you're of a certain age. But Bo scored his second of the season for San Diego on assists from Nicholas Bruyard and Jacob Perot. Okay, 3 1 San Diego. And then guess who got the primary apple on the last goal of the game? You guessed it. Braden Tracy to Bryce Kindop. That made it 4 1. That was your final score. On this particular game, there was a lot of rough stuff going on. Even Braden Tracy got into it. Yes. Can you believe that Braden Tracy likes to mix things up? Even got into a little bit of a scrap with Justin Kirkland, who by the way, we all hate. <laughs> Rain fans hate him, Gulls fans hate him. We do not like Justin Kirkland right now. Okay? We don't. He had a cheap shot on Braden Tracy on that game. So okay, here's here's what happened. Here's what really happened. All the players were bunching up behind the net, trying to protect Luka Dostal, who was on one, and then Brayden Tracy just kind of like looked aside, kind of like shoved a little bit, nothing too bad, and then Justin Kirkland just popped him from behind. WTF, you don't do that. Yeah, he popped him. It's so It was so stupid, too, because Kirkland just kind of like came back, just kind of like came, came up, so here's how it happened, like here's how it looked. Like he came behind him, came behind him, and all of a sudden just like whacked him in the back of the head. Like it was stupid. All the fans were booing right there. They were pissed off at Justin Kirkland. Like, that's something you just don't do. And then Trevor Carrick comes to his protection. And you know who goes in the power play? Stockton. Because they nailed Trevor Carrick for that cross-checking penalty afterwards. Stupid. It It was stupid. Stockton somehow got on the power play on that one. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens. And then Brent Gates got a penalty later on you know, protecting his teammates because they called the second penalty, not the first. And that's how Stockton scored their power play goal. That was it. But let's talk about Luka Dostal. Dostal stopped 37 of 38 shots. And a lot of those were high danger chances and high quality shots. A lot of those shots were at the home plate area. Now I realize that we don't have the fancy analytics that the NHL does. We don't have the we don't have the high danger four. We don't have the Corsi four. We don't have this five on five five on five that. We don't have that. But I will say that the amount of shots that Luca Dolstall had in the home plate area was incredible. Almost I would say about 75% of those shots were in the high quality zone. And he stopped pretty much all of them. That to me signals that Luca Dostal is ready. Maybe not ready to be in the big show regularly, but this is someone that is ready to take over and take over right now. All right, we are going to head into the first intermission. And when we come back, I'll be joined by Sarah Avampado from Locked on Los Angeles Kings and also Locked on Ontario Rain. She, she doesn't really have a dedicated show for the rain, but you know what? We love talking to her anyway. So we'll be... (laughs) I'm only kidding. We'll be back with Sarah Avampato on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and you're also here with Sarah Avampato, Guest correspondent, as we like to say, host of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, and noted Jeff Carter fan. (laughs) How's it going, Sarah? Are you
1: going to bully me on this podcast?
0: I am not, because uh, we're going to have feelings about Jeff Carter later. Okay, cool. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. But this is Locked On Goals. Right. Uh, We we have a wild game to talk about. Kind of a really bizarre game. What's the best word to describe what happened at Toyota Arena on Saturday? Uh, Curious. Oh, that's a good word to use. Curious. First, it was curious because San Diego didn't have everybody there, did they? No, they they didn't. Um, I, t- I messaged you when I said they have 19. <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw that?
1: I mean, uh, good luck, San Diego. Have fun.
0: Yeah. So here's why this happened. Set the Ducks decided to call up Jacob Perot, not Brayden Tracy. Again, ah, what? I mean, I didn't agree with that call. I don't know if you agreed with that call either, but that was, it was weird, wasn't it?
1: I mean, Duck's going
0: to duck. Duck's going to duck. You saw what happened to the Duck Saturday. They got demolished. Maybe not the best decision. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird. So the goals had 19 guys. And at the end of the game or second and third period, they only played three lines. Ouch. That was it. Three lines. So let's start off early on where Ontario, Jordan Spence finally, finally off the schneid. I know you're nodding your head about that. Spence finally got his first goal of the season. He had to have been relieved to get that first goal finally on the power play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's taken what this is like, we're what 30 30- something 30-some yeah. games into the season. Uh, and, you know, he is a player who at the junior level, like, just, scored at will so i'm sure it's frustrating for him to to make the jump and by all accounts is doing really well as a well-rounded defenseman he just wasn't getting the goals to go in so that it was a really good moment for him Uh, I think he's a pretty special player and we're watching him develop. You know, he's better now than he was in game one. Uh, But uh, I mean, everyone is, I think. But yeah, I mean, it was just great to see him and to get the opening goal in this game against one of the Reigns' biggest rivals, I think was a really cool moment.
0: Yeah. And then later on, just 15 seconds later, by the way.
1: Oh, no, that's gross.
0: As Jeff Pope was making his goal call, by the way, (laughs) shout out Jeff Pope. Brent Gates Jr. scored his first goal of the season. Someone else that's done well in juniors. Someone else that was just looking and looking to find any kind of daylight out there. And he finally got his first of the season just past Garrett Sparks, who looked a little bit slow there. He, he, he looked a little bit off. But that made it one 1-1 tie game. I think we were both surprised that San Diego stayed in it through that first period.
1: Well, I mean, even just looking at the shot totals, I mean, from the whole game, not just that period, uh, you know, whoever, I, I assume it was Dostal in, in goal? It was not. It, it was not. It was not. Dostal was had up. just been
0: called up. because oh, it Gipsen was the went, other dude. It wasn't the other dude. It wasn't Eriksen Eck, Right. So, the other, other dude. Francis Marat. Yes, that guy.
1: That guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Making his first start of the season, by right.
1: the way. So, you know, that that guy... Kudos to him. He did yeah. he did the best he could under a lot of fire.
0: Yeah. You know who was the backup goaltender? Uh-oh. Coach. Jeff Glass. <laughs> well, for... Jeff Glass? Yes. Oh. You remember that name, don't you? Yeah. I didn't know that's where he wound up. Yeah. He's a goalie coach. Huh. For the goals. Huh. Oh, you you. you I sound... legit
1: did not know that. Where do you remember him from? Uh, Chicago. Oh, that's right.
0: How long ago was that? Oh, a couple whoa. seasons ago. That's right. Didn't he also
1: appear, like, he... He played on the Goals, right? He played on the Goals. Yeah. That's also where, yeah. Yeah. But no, I remember him from from finally getting his NHL stint in Chicago.
0: Yes. The same Jeff Glass. Yes. He was the backup goaltender. Ah,
1: Legitimately just learned something new.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 40-something-year-old. But you know what?
1: That's,
0: That's who they had to have. Yeah. Oh, but it was weirder for the rain. Because at the start of the second period, the goal scored first. On the power play. Nicholas Bruyard scored his fourth of the season, and this is where a weird thing happened. Garrett Sparks just kind of like walked over to the bench and just left. Like, he mysteriously left.
1: The goalie said F it and left.
0: (laughs) That's probably. You know, we still don't know what happened. I mean, we now know what happened. He got injured. Right. But it's nebulous. We don't know what he injured or what happened. I don't know if you've heard anything more.
1: No. No.
0: Yeah, neither have I.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, that. Like that just adds to this game. Like I said, being curious, and you know, you have to wonder. You know, did you know, like like you said, Sparks looked kind of shaky in the first period, so you have to wonder if maybe he thought he was going to be able to play through something, and then, you know, turned out he couldn't. Like it's all speculation, but right. uh, it, it then opened the door for uh, Lucas Parikh, a goaltending pro- goalie prospect in the King system, to make his debut. Uh, under less than ideal circumstances. Yeah.
0: You know who took advantage of this? The Gulls. The Gulls. Yeah. You know who in particular took advantage? Braden Tracy. Gosh. Who was already kind of a little bit, not pissed off, but he had a little bit of a tip on his shoulder because he thought he should have gotten called up and he didn't. So he's like, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, that's exactly what you want to see. And you know what he did? Scored on Lucas Parikh. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. The gulls had the lead on this game. Yeah. I, I legitimately thought after two periods, huh, maybe... The Gulls might win this game. They might shock everybody. That's what, for a while, Mm -hmm. I thought that. Mm -hmm. You know who also looked good on this game? Hmm. And I got to give him props for this. And you're wearing the sweatshirt for this. Jack Bedini had a good game. Hmm. So um, as I work these games, there's usually like, I mutter to myself like, oh, that was a good play. Oh, he looked good. Jack Bedini was a name that I mentioned about two or three times. Like he had a good all-around game. He had a couple of very good checks. Um, he had a he had a very very good poke, by the way, against oh, I want to say it was Anderson Dolan, where Anderson Dolan like kind of like exposed the puck a little bit. Mm-hmm. Badini just like took it from him. So that's something that I liked seeing from Bedini. I know you watched him with the Chicago Steel, mm-hmm. and you're wearing the sweatshirt for that. I am. Yeah. So, um, how do you like his progression, like that he's made?
1: No, he's a player, and like we we've talked about this before, is that he. I feel like he's always been kind of a late bloomer. Uh, It really took to his last year in the USHL to kind of blossom into being an impact player for the team. I think he had the same experience playing through college. So, you know, it's no surprise that he's sort of taking that same trajectory with the Ducks slash Gulls slash Admiral? Who's your (laughs) EC? Tulsa? Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah. Yeah. Um, And and so it's taken him a while to get to here, but I feel like he's finally sort of getting used to the pace used to the way the game goes and has been yeah contributing a lot more with, for the gulls.
0: Yeah, so what do you, what do you think his ceiling is right now?
1: I mean, as much as I want all of my like 2016-17 whatever year that was Chicago Steel Suns to like go on and become superstars, like he he's, you know, probably not an NHLer, like at best is a guy you're going to call up for, you know, to fill a spot on your fourth line. Um he's probably more of kind of like middle six grindery AHL guy, you know, especially once he kind of keeps up with like the physicality of playing that sort of, you know, you think of your prototypical career AHLer. I mean, look at uh, Sam Carrick right now. I know is he's up with the the Ducks, the Ducks right, but right. That, but like that's a late bloomer. Right, was it? Yeah, and but like that model of player, like if you want to survive in the AHL as a career AHLer you know, Brett Sutter, like Brett, it, there's, Brett there's a, Sutter. there's a profile of player.
0: Yeah. Brett Sutter. Uh, we'll, we'll go Ontario first. Brett Sutter is one. Martin Firk, kind of like, he's kind of a career NHL, AHL guy. I'll go on the goal side, Sam Carrick, mm-hmm. who's having a pretty good year with the Ducks mm-hmm. right now. Andrew Podorowski. mm mm-hmm. Also, I could see Polarsky being a career AHLer but look at how well he's doing with with the Wolves right now. He's yeah. he's on another one.
1: Yeah, and he got and he got uh just the opportunity. He played two games I think with the Hurricanes yeah. and got you know got two points and you know is kind of getting that, you know, and I talked to him after coming back from those games and sort of everyone talks about you know the confidence you get in in growing your game and knowing what it takes to to step up to that level. But yeah, that kind of guy who yeah, is going to spend most of his career in the AHL but you know, you, you see him enough that you're like, okay, I could trust this guy to come up and play on my NHL team and not blow
0: it. And that's what Jack Bedini's quietly becoming. He's quietly becoming that reliable guy that you can count on. Mm -hmm. And I could see him down the line being just like a top six, maybe like a second line kind of guy Mm -hmm. down the road for the goals and just being that presence for Mm -hmm. them. So I've liked watching his progression. It's been slow, but it's been there. Yeah. And that was a game that kind of showed me there. There's something there. Yeah. So goals fans should be excited about that. Rain fans should be fearing that a little bit. Whatever. But, but hey, it, it's your it's your it's your kid from back then. It is. It is. You know, it is. Like,
1: every every so often, I like have a cause to revisit some old Chicago Steel game for something, and then I look at the rosters of you know, who was on either team, and I'm like, holy crap! Like that was Andrey Svechnikov. Like yeah. what the
0: heck? <laughs> and going back to this game because we kind of like sidetracked there. You know who scored his second of the season? You know who's looking really good right now? Quentin Byfield. That particular goal, uh, he was kind of like behind the net, kind of like grinded and kind of bullied his way to get yeah. to the net and scored his second of the season at the time. Gabe Velarde caught an apple on that one. Velarde looks good too. But Quentin Byfield, he might be ready to come back to the Kings. He might, but, you know, there's still a little bit of apprehension there. We We don't know. Yeah. I mean, goals fans are not excited to see Quentin <laughs> Byfield. They're not. <laughs> rain fans are definitely excited to see Quentin Byfield.
1: Yeah.
0: And then it was tight. But Hunter Drew got the goals ahead. You thought for a second, oh, the Raid are going to blow this because the rain were losing for most of this game. And then TJ Tynan came to the rescue late in the game again for the rain. That's what he does. Again. That's what he does. Tied it up at four with about six minutes left. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yep. Now, I do this thing sometimes where I say, oh, I see where this is going, but I don't see the word. But I saw where it was going. <laughs> you have these two backup goaltenders. You have Marat, you have Parikh. You think one of them is going to let in some kind of goal late in the game, right? Mm-hmm. No, that didn't happen. No. So it went to overtime. But on the first shot in overtime, the only shot in overtime, which by the way, both teams were just kind of floating around, you know, like defending the puck. This was a boy overtime. Until Sam Fagamo got his first and only shot in the overtime, scored in overtime his ninth of the season on the pass from TJ Tynan. <laughs> Poor goals. They they looked bad out there. Uh, Brendan Gooley kind of got a little bit he 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 got caught pinched in there, which resulted in the goal. So the rain won it 5-4, but hey, you know what? The goals got a point with 19 guys. Yeah. You could also look at it this way: the rain allowed a point. <laughs> to a team with 19 guys. I mean, yeah, that's bad. But at the same time, you had a guy that played, what, 26, 27 minutes for the mm-hmm. goals and then got called up by the Ducks that night, the right. following morning. Like, it was stupid.
1: Yeah. It was so stupid. It was just a weird game.
0: It was It was bizarre. I yeah. mean, any other takeaways just from that bizarreness that happened?
1: Um, I mean, from the rain perspective, uh, it, it it's been a lot of fun watching this team this season, because in past versions of the rain, if they would get behind like they did in this game, I would have been like, well, this one's over, I'm going to go turn the game off and go get a snack. But this season, the rain have proven that they, you know, they can find ways to win, which is, you know, it's a cliche, but like hallmark of a good team of, you know, whether it's the ugly goal or smart play or... Grinding out a boring overtime until someone scores, uh, but you know, from from a rain perspective, this game was good to see them fight back and not just sort of be like, well, bye. <laughs> uh,
0: from a goals perspective, this was an encouraging game if there ever was one, because they were shorthanded. They okay, Joel Bouchard had to shorten his bench severely because you had guys that were like kind of going down left and right. And then all of a sudden you have to rely on Alex Limoges for most of the game. Didn't have his best game, but he looked okay. You have to rely on Bryce I put an okay game. You have to rely on Brayden Tracy, who was terrific on this game. I think it was on the merit of Friday's game and Saturday's game that he got the call. He took the team on his back. He said, you know what? F this. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring these guys back. And he kind of did. And the rain for a while had no answer for Brayden Tracy. So, from a goals perspective, it's encouraging, but at the same time, it was a missed opportunity. Especially when you have the backup goaltender, Lucas Parikh, and then you have, by the way, another guy who's a native Californian sitting on the sidelines as your E-Bug. It it doesn't look good. Well, yeah, well, I have... mean,
1: well, I mean, the rain was not. It was like the backup to the backup because yeah. Parikh has been playing in the ECHL because they don't have room for him. Right. I mean, actually, it's the backup to the backup to the backup because you have Sparks, Volalta, Ingham, right, and then Parikh.
0: Yep. And then I forgot who it was. I was there, and I forgot who it was. Who was the backup to the backup to the backup? Help! <laughs> like, who was the backup to the backup to the backup? I was there. I should know this you know, I have a picture of this, so you could talk while I look for this picture. Like I know I took a picture of this and it was weird. You're gonna let me talk while I look, aren't you? Yeah,
1: because I don't really know where you're going with this. I, I mean, I know there was one game where the was that the game where they had the rain had like the super ebug guy? Yeah,
0: the super ebug guy.
1: Yeah, I mean he's just a dude, like
0: And I'm trying to remember who it was. I just
1: I tweeted about it but that was like weeks ago now. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and I'm struggling. You're letting me struggle. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna, I have
1: nothing to add. But
0: I'm going to keep I've this. I've talked rolling. myself out. I'm going. to... Millar. That's who it was. It was Millar. Oh,
1: I mean, that's their goalie coach, right?
0: Uh, hmm. Yeah. Why? Like, how? Like, what? What? What's going on? Well, I mean, Go, goalie coaches are, are e-bugs. That would
1: have been great, actually, if they had to call in Jeff Glass and and Millar. I forget his first name, <laughs> but like. That would have been hilarious.
0: Hilarious or... Hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Okay. Um, you know what's also hilarious? Um, Wa- watch, no. Watching some of these stupid football games and stupid NBA games and this weird hockey games. You know how you could have made a lot of money last night?
1: Um, I don't, but I bet you're going to tell me.
0: By putting some money on the Arizona Coyotes, oh beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. How fun was that? It
1: was... Beautiful. It was everything I ever wanted in a hockey game. And I feel like if you were the person who bet for Ryan Zingle to get two goals in a coyotes game when he's basically been hurt for the past three years, uh and then you know the the the, the leafs got Vegmelkud and it was great.
0: As a verb. I hope
1: you bet on that. Yes, it's totally a verb. Everyone uses it a verb. Oh you, you just haven't been Vegmelkud yet.
0: No. Wait uh, for it. Wait for Okay. Okay. So bet- BetOnline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Oh, you could use promo code Locked On, I believe, right? Yeah, locked on. Yep. Yeah. To get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put a pretty penny on the coyotes last night, then you're probably filthy rich by now. So head over to betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And what should they do?
1: Uh, Eat responsibly.
0: And gamble responsibly. Welcome back to episode number 464 of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, that's a lot. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and Sarah Sarah Avampato. Yo. <laughs> Here we go again. So Sarah and I had talked about this briefly a little bit, and I feel like this is a discussion that I kind of want to have because this is happening league-wide. It, it's attendance right now. Let's not beat around the bush. I mean, I've avoided talking about the pandemic pretty much all week, or tried to avoid it, um, the reason I don't wanna avoid it here is because attendance has been pretty low on your rink it's been low on my rink it's been low all across the american hockey league uh what gives
1: i mean I, I I've, like obviously the pandemic is
0: a big driver. One.
1: Yeah. Um, but, and then you you get sort of the two pronged reason why a pandemic is the driver, because on one hand you have the people who are, you know, responsibly or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, they're like, I don't want to go out to games. I don't want to be around a, pe- a bunch of people, uh, especially if people are maybe not being vigilant about masks and, you know, oh, I've been eating the whole game, so I'm not wearing it. Like, so, so you have that audience of people, but then you also have and these are the fans that I'm. I'm. I personally am okay losing them, but whatever. Uh, is mo- most rinks at this point have some sort of rule in place around vaccination, negative tests, wearing masks, whatever. And then you have the fans who are like, "Well, I refuse to comply with that, so I'm not going to go to a hockey game." So and, you know, I I can't speak for every team, but I know certainly uh, the Chicago Wolves that I cover in the AHL, like, if you look at any of their, like, social media posts talking about masking and vaccination requirements, it's just full of people being like, I'm never going to a Wolves game again because of this. So, like, you're missing that chunk of people as well. So then you just sort of have the middle people of like, "Ah, I'll risk it and go to a game. Um, And then pandemic-wise, you also have, I mean, this has been, a tough time, like, economically for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's certain regions of the country that are harder hit than others, but the AHL has always been a, like... It's know, a gate-driven league. Right. It's a gate-driven league, and it is a league that, like, prices are intentionally lower to help, you know, pull in fans, whatever. The target market is always sort of that, like, middle-class American, essentially, and also Canada, but American. Um And you know, unfortunately, these are also... Some, the target audience of the AHL is also kind of a big chunk of the population that has, like, been struggling with mm-hmm. this. You know, you have kids, and you have one person out of work, and, like, frivolities, I say, I guess, yeah. like hockey games, are maybe not where you're putting your money at this
0: point. Um, I won't say who this is from, but I did get a text, like, saying, you mean a cold, enclosed space with Omicron? Sorry, no. I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean... yeah." Let's let's be real here. Like, the virus does do better in cold, dry air, mm-hmm. cold, enclosed spaces. So you do have that chunk of population that's mm-hmm. saying, no, I want to stay safe. I want to stay away from this. And I think it's prudent for arenas, and I'm sure you agree with me on this, that they have to keep up these practices. They mm-hmm. have to keep the, up the masking. Some arenas are more strict about this than others. Yeah. But I could talk about three of them, actually. San Diego is fairly loose about it but they still want you to mask up they don't want you to eat in certain areas like they're being pretty careful Ontario they're definitely kind of they they encourage the mask wearing they want people to put them on uh, a lot of ushers do tell you or remind you to put the masks on the one SoCal arena that's super super strict about it is Bakersfield huh. yeah believe it or not
1: Bakersfield Yeah. Oh, wow
0: this shocks you.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm keeping all of my comments about Bakersfield to myself. But like, right. I'm
0: shocked. Uh, that arena in particular. So you cannot have any food in the seating bowl. Wow. None. Huh. They have specific seating areas where you can eat, and that is it. Huh. And you must be masked up at all times in the seating bowl, no matter what. Wow. You're you're shocked. I am. And
1: I know where Bakersfield is.
0: We we know where Bakersfield <laughs> is. We're gonna leave our comments about that to ourselves. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, I'm reporting on what I saw. Mm-hmm. I'm reporting on what the requirements are. This is what it is. Yeah. And also looking at the other aspect, looking at the attendance for all three of those cities and Chicago, you sent me a picture of this. It was very empty.
1: I mean, I, there is a caveat on Chicago's though. Okay. Because the game that I sent you that picture, A, was very early in warmups. No one ever gets to anything on time. You know this as a California person. Yeah. No one ever gets to games on times. B, they don't. Don't look at me like that. Um. And then B, it was also a weekend in Chicago where it was freezing rain, black ice on the roads. So, like, okay. I had even been contemplating not going to the game. So, like, I expected attendance to be way down for that game because it was just bad weather, pandemic, etc.
0: But me, overall. You sent me two pictures. Yes. One before the game. You sent me one during the game. Yes. And it looked worse. No, it didn't. I thought it looked worse, from my perspective. I think... Or it was a different game. It was a different game. That's what it was. Um, San Diego the other night, they had about 5,000 fans. Yeah. You know what that arena could hold. Oh, yeah. 11,000. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've been there when it's been
0: almost sold out. Yeah, it gets packed. Yeah. To see 5,000 fans there, it kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah. But it didn't surprise me. Yeah. To see that few fans. Like, I kind of felt bad.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Like... If you're the goals, you want that crowd behind you, and it just didn't sound like a typical goals game. Yeah, you didn't have the super loud like one, two, three, four. It's all your fault. You suck, can't. Like it was like you barely heard it. It was there, but it didn't have the same gusto. In Ontario, same thing. You had maybe four thousand fans there for a rivalry game. That's like a rivalry game, and you had four thousand fans there. It it also takes away from the atmosphere. It takes away from. Having just the back and forth between the fans, and it takes away from just the overall experience. And it, it's kind of what it is now. I hope this isn't what we get for the rest of the season, just from a perspective of wanting to have that atmosphere. But at the same time, I get it. A lot of those fans are going to be taken away for whatever reason. Even Bakersfield, they mm-hmm. had about 3,000 fans there. Hmm. So now you have this other pronged concern. From a financial standpoint for these teams, where are they going to make up all this money? Where are they going to make up having the lack of fans there? Mm -hmm. That's something else to think about if you're kind of higher up on the team. And something to think about for the long-term health of the teams, of the league, et cetera.
1: Yeah, because AHL teams definitely, uh, you know, we both know this having been, you know, a little bit on the inside with teams. And if you've ever been around an AHL team or dealt with one in any way, you know that, like, if you work for one of those teams, you basically have six different jobs. Yes. Uh, Or, you know, if you ever go peruse, you know, job boards and listings for, you know... I mean, communications is always the one where it's like, you're the social media person, you're the photographer, you're also the play-by-play guy, and you're responsible for credentialing media people, putting together the game notes, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And oh yes, P.S., you get paid $28,000 a year. So, you know, you're already doing way more with way less, and then if you're financially going to take a hit, you know, how, how much more bare bones can some of these teams get?
0: Very much bare bones. I mean, you, you and I both have worked in the league for a long time, and we, we kind of see this. A lot of guys have... It's it, it's the master of none, mm-hmm. but, you know, jack-of-all-trades yeah. kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I'll admit, like, I, I kind of am the jack-of-all-trades. Oh, yeah. Like, I know I do a lot of, like, yeah. different stuff for different teams, different entities. Like, right, you know, That's kind of what it is right now. Yeah. And I think... Being in that kind of quasi bubble last season taught me that too, that you have to be able to adjust to all that. And I think teams have to adjust to this as well. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for all these teams right now. I hope we come out of this better, you know, after this is all said and done. Like, I have, Mm -hmm. I still am optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm still hopeful. But looking at it from that perspective, it's tough.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's it's extra tough when, you know, this year the Rain are good, the Gulls are good. From my perspective in Chicago, the Wolves are one of the best teams in the league. They're the best uh, in the West right now. Right, and, like, Thanks. these are good teams that deserve an audience. I mean, especially in Chicago, where the Wolves kind of snarkily are like... You know, we're the only hockey team that's any good here. You want to all all you know. of the teams we
0: talked about? Yeah, they're all good,
1: right? And how, oh,
0: Stockton! You know what they're they're doing? Hmm. They're drawing about a thousand right now. Oh no, they're in trouble. Yeah, and they're that's something. I that... I mean, everyone thought Stockton was going to move. So this is something that we haven't talked about a lot, and we're kind of running long. But I feel like now that we're in this conversation, it kind of has to be said, and no one talks about this. Stockton almost left two mm-hmm. years ago. There was a whole article that came out. I forget which paper it was, but there was an article that said this is the last year of their contract. Mm-hmm. They might leave. And then the pandemic mm-hmm. happened. So then it began all these rumors. Did they play their last game in Stockton? And then the rumors kind of got even further when they decided not to play their games in Stockton last mm-hmm. season. They played their games up in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's swirled a lot of rumors. Right now, they're still on a one-year deal. <laughs> and then maybe another one or two after that. But who knows if they're going to say in soccer or not. They're drawing a thousand. Yeah. A thousand.
1: And again, one of the top teams in the West. And, you know, it's one thing if you're like, I mean, I'll pick on the Buffalo Sabres, but like, it's one thing if you're like the Sabers of the league. Of this team is bad; it has been bad for years. Like, why is anyone going go to want to go these games? Like, I, I'm there. I'm I'm sure there's an AHL equivalent of the Sabers. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there is one. Um,
0: <laughs> Probably Stockton.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but Stockton's good now. Uh, but like Barracuda. Yeah, I, yeah, Barracuda are good to pick on. Let's pick on the Barracuda because. Okay, let's. Le- heck with the sharks. But like, you know, if the on ice product is constantly bad, I mean, the the coyotes, I mean, no one is going to go to games because what you're seeing is bad. Why spend your money to go watch a bad team? Tucson. Yeah.
0: Robin sent us a picture. Yeah. Of oh, there KLS. was like no one there. Yeah. It was yeah. a ghost town.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, it's one thing if you are a constantly bad team, of course, you're going to be struggling to get people in the door to watch, you know, like an SPHL team, essentially playing.
0: It's mediocre hockey, at right? Best.
1: But for these top teams in the league to be struggling so much to get attendance, like it's really it's disappointing to know people aren't seeing some of the best hockey in this league,
0: right? Especially for teams like Chicago, like mm-hmm. Stock, especially Stockton mm-hmm. right now, who could be, who might not be the Stockton Heat after this season. We don't <laughs> know. For the rain, for the goals, these guys deserve better. Yeah. Like, they're working their ass off, and I know they're happy to see the fans, like, the loyal fans they have there, but it, it is a little bit disappointing a little bit disheartening to see how few are there, but I get it. Yeah. But I get it. Um, I don't know how much more we can talk about this topic, because I think we kind of went through everything. Any more final thoughts on this whole subject before we head off?
1: Go support your local teams. Even if yes. e- I mean even if you don't live, like this extends to more than just AHL. Like if you live where there's an ECHL team or a USHL team, uh, go go support your local teams. It's you know, especially these lower tier teams, these junior teams, like it's cheap. You can get like a two dollar hot dog and it's it's a fun time. It's still hockey. Like, no, you're not seeing, you know, Trevor Ziegress doing Batting things out of the air goals, but like it's still a fun time, and you know the, those are the you know basically anyone in an NHL team in an NHL uh, like you know front officey like they all come from somewhere, um, and I feel like supporting other leagues helps you know helps the pipeline grow. I don't know. Go watch your minor league teams,
0: and I'll extend this to tomorrow. We have a junior game at Toyota Arena before the rain game. That I think you're going to be present at the junior reign. Like mm-hmm. we we just want to have fans come out to these games and support these kids because they're working their tails off. Yeah, you know, go support your local team, junior team. You know, San Diego, go support your goals, support your junior goals. Ontario, support your reign and your junior reign. Uh, even going to Jacksonville, like support your local teams, guys. Mm-hmm. They work hard to put out a pretty good product. And you'll have a fun time. We promise you'll have a fun time. Even if you're, like, a first-time, like, hockey person, like, tell your friends, like, yeah. hockey is fun in person. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. Do the thing. Yeah. There we go. Ending positively. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're done. That was that was good. Yeah, that good was, job. That was a good topic. A plus. A plus. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you listen this far, um, go support your local hockey team. Uh, Where can the folks find you on the socials and all that jazz?
1: Uh, So I'm on Twitter at right said Sarah locked on Kings. If for some reason you want to care about that is at locked on LA Kings. Uh, You can hear me on Wednesdays on locked on NHL uh, where we're talking about all things Western conference. And uh, yeah, that's it.
0: If you want to check on former San Diego goal, Andrew Podorowski, where can they find that out?
1: Uh, So I write about the Wolves for uh, Kane's Country, which is the SB Nation Chicago Hurricane site. And of course, I tweet about Wolves games and such all on the Twitters.
0: Yeah. A a lot of Goals fans still love Podorowski, by the way. He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. They they miss him terribly. Uh, So you can find me on the socials at StimpyJD. Uh, The show's Twitter is at LO underscore ducks, So you can find this podcast on several outlets like Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, odyssey Podbean, any others that i'm missing there
1: um pony express
0: pony express (laughs) so go check out our podcast thanks for making this your first listen of the day go ahead and make locked on la kings and locked on nhl your second and third lessons of the day once again thank you all so much for listening it is greatly appreciated and go support your local hockey teams folks go do it all right yeah we're good Mm -hmm. all right Four, locked on goals. I'm Jason JD Hernandez. That was Sarah Avampado saying please have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be be kind to each other. Be safe out there. Go support your local hockey teams. And ducks and goals fly together.
1: That's
0: communication.